The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. Pleased to be with you today on a wonderful day in the beautiful state of Nevada. We're talking with more more people every day about their goals of purchasing investment real estate now that interest rates continue to be near their all-time lows. Prices are moving up, but not too fast. And the only challenge we're talking about is a housing shortage. Well, it's a housing shortage if you don't know who to connect with. And we always recommend that you talk to the professionals in the business so that you can not only get the right deal, but that you can be successful in closing the right deal. There are so many people looking for great deals in real estate. I've got four outstanding guests with me in the studio today talking with us about investment real estate. John Spinola is with us. John is with Atlas Red Realty. Hi, John. How are you today? Unbelievable, Peter. Always a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here as well. I enjoyed seeing you last night at the Investors Club that's held once a month in northern Nevada at the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. Pretty interesting crowd we had last night, wasn't it, John? It was. We had had actually one of your your common guests, or frequent guests, I should say, um, Lou Carr was there and did an, did a, about an hour on some interesting loans that, uh, um, that they have, some interesting loan programs, did a lot of explanation on how to put stuff together. Yeah, it was Very really good. interesting. And uh, a lot of new people that I saw at the meeting as well. There were some new investors that had just moved to the area. And uh, it was nice to see some seasoned investors, too. Ryan Frey was there. Ryan is going to be a guest on one of our upcoming shows here before too long. We like to have the investors themselves come talk to us. That's pretty helpful for those of us that are navigating through the system or just wanting to get started, uh, you know, in, in becoming investors. Yeah, it's much it's much better, I think, to have somebody who's actually done it rather than trying to learn it from a book or have somebody who's learned it from a book try and explain it to Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, whole different program. It sure is. And a lot of fun, great uh, connectivity there at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club. Also there last night was another guest of ours in the studio today. Dave Washburn is with us from Socotra Capital. Hope you're doing well today, Dave. Doing great, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I know you're a cycler. In fact, last time you were uh, in the area, you were on your bicycle. Tell us a little bit, just so our listeners know a little bit about what you like to do on that bicycle of yours. Well, it's uh, road cycling, so I'm out there uh, having fun with all the cars, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy the, the long distance. It's actually my chance to sort of meditate and relax and get to think about all the exciting real estate deals I've been doing, loans I've been mm-hmm. making, and everything that stresses me out, and it's my chance to sort of let it all go. So I really enjoy my time out there on the road. Oh, I bet you do. You know, I'm a former long-distance cycler myself, and I used to do a little tour called the Death Ride. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I've uh, completed it myself. It, it's it's an experience that I think uh, it, it's 
hard to explain, but you certainly are not too busy texting or being on the phone when you're doing the death ride. It's just one of those really intense rides. I love it. It's one of the few days I take completely off of work. Yeah. It's about uh, 10 or 12 hours on the bicycle, and uh, you have trouble forming sentences at the end of it. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's that long and, and that arduous. It's so like a radio it's, announcer. It's a day completely mm. off work. Yeah, absolutely. So you are a hard money lender, and uh, you are loaning money for people to do what we are talking about, purchase investment property. How long have you guys been doing that? Well, we've been doing it since 2009. Uh, We responded to the collapse in the credit markets, and we saw that people were still needing money to complete real Mm -hmm. estate deals. And so we decided we would start raising that money ourselves and step in to fill the void uh, when the banks weren't lending anymore. Yes. And, you know, the banks, uh, when we say they weren't lending anymore, it seemed like that. But I know at the time I was a a lender, uh, it just got so hard because the guidelines tightened up. And let's face it, not as many people could – afford or have the capacity anymore to get more conventional institutional mortgages because they went through all those bankruptcy short sales foreclosures and so forth it was a tough time that's when you guys probably came in like white knights yeah and that's really i think there is a common misconception that somehow the banks just completely stopped lending you're right they were still lending there were still loans going out the problem was a lot of people who were um self-employed their income was down. Mm. There was a recession going on. They weren't making the kind of money they were. And so when you looked at them and went, how are they going to service the debt? They couldn't anymore. And so you're right. They weren't fitting in those underwriting criteria, but there were still a lot of great real estate deals to be had. Mm -hmm. And so there were good loans to make. You were getting a lot of questions last night. And then later on the show, I want to share with our listeners a little bit about some of those questions that you took from the other investors in the audience that were with us last night at the meeting. Plus, you might have some guidance for some people looking to pull the trigger and need some money fast. Yes, I look forward to sharing that with you. Awesome. Michelle Holbert is with us as well. Michelle is a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Hope you're doing well today, Michelle. I am, Peter. Thanks. Uh, excellent. Uh, you're not a long-distance bicycle rider, I don't imagine yourself. I haven't seen you out there. No, not not <laughs> me. I, I, I'm probably somebody that shouldn't be on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, you have got a good handle on what you do at Caliber Home Loans. You're, you've been a mortgage loan originator for quite a while. I have. Yeah, I love what I do, and you know, every day I get a chance to uh, to service our clients and help them realize their their dream, whether it's primary residence or investment property. Yeah, when we were talking with Dave about hard money to pull the trigger fast on on investment deals, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, after they do that, not long after, they probably look to refinance into a, an institutional loan so they can take full advantage of today's low rates but you know i know some people are wondering are those low rates available for investors just like they are for primary residence buyers or is it quite a bit different you know the rates are higher on investment property but not as much as you might think you you might only see a half a percent spread in some cases Mm -hmm. which you know in the big picture really isn't that big of a deal you know we were talking last night some of us about how nowadays the price might go up a thousand, five thousand, even ten thousand dollars on a single family residence. That doesn't really have as much impact on the payment of the mortgage as the interest rate going up or down a little bit. That's really where all of this opportunity, I think, is coming from. We were talking about the low interest rates have really made it affordable for a lot of people to get into real estate they couldn't have otherwise. That that that's absolutely <coughs> true. Uh, you you will have a, a much higher impact in, you know, let's say interest rates going up 1% mm. versus paying an extra $10,000 for, for a home. Yeah. And that's what people need to realize if, you know, waiting, it, it, that's, a, that's a judgment call. But yeah. 
if you wait, prices can go up. If you wait, interest rates can go up. Then you have the, you know, then you have the the, the worst of both worlds. So we're um, we at least encourage you know people to take advantage of mm-hmm. of the market now while things are things are still very low. Yes. Um, again, the challenge we discussed briefly was the um, availability of homes, but we also talked about how because of the low interest rates and the low payments on mortgages. It's very possible to buy more home than you can even think or were planning on buying to the point to where you could even offer a little bit more than the asking price to get a deal because it's tough to get a deal accepted nowadays. There's so many buyers looking for the same property. And I think those people that are really particular about I've got to pay the appraisal price or less, absolutely no other way. You're probably losing out on a lot of deals where if you could afford to come in with an extra 3000 or $5,000, you could probably get that deal. And we all know which way prices are going. I mean, there's an element of speculation there. But with the low interest rates that we're talking about, people might have capacity to buy more than what they thought. Oh, sure. And and I think anybody that's sticking their heels in the sand right now and saying, I'm not going to budge on you know, a, a price, they are probably missing out. That mm-hmm. This is not the time to be doing that, that. There's multiple offers on properties. And, you know, we talked about this in one of our last segments where we're having to be very creative to try to get people – um, you know, closing cost money, whether mm-hmm. that's lender paid closing costs, seller paid closing costs by increasing the sales price, um, you know, bond money, various ways to to get this uh, goal accomplished. But um, the, the price of the home is not something that, like I said, you can stick your feet in the sand and expect to win. Not today as a buyer. Uh, find the right price. Find a way to pull the trigger. I, we have another guest in the studio today that's an expert in talking about real estate as well because she is a realtor. Her name is Hope Lewis, and Hope is with Keller Williams Group One. Welcome to the show, Hope. Thanks for inviting inviting me, Peter. So I met you first because you were distributing some flyers on your Bork and your business in the Hidden Valley area, and I spent a fair amount of time there, and it's a wonderful place. Uh, you like that area of uh, Reno? Is that something new for you to be out in that part of the area, or have you been there for a while? We just moved there a year ago. Uh-huh. We absolutely love it. I'm yeah. native. I've lived here all my life. My sister used to live up there, so it's just kind of a dream of to, to live up there. Uh-huh. So we love it up there. It's really beautiful. You know, you've got great views across the valley uh, toward Mount Rose, and uh, it's backed up to the Wild Horse property, BLM land, too. And it's just a really nice hidden area up there. I'm not sure if it's going to be hidden much longer <laughs> with the Southwest Corridor. However, uh, it's got its charm that it'll never lose. It's really awesome. You've been a realtor uh, for a good little while now. Tell us what your take is on the market as it is today. Is it truly the seller's market that everybody's talking about? And how is that impacting uh, transactions? Uh, absolutely. Um, anything under the median price around 250 280 is definitely a multiple offer situation. Um, about a month ago, when I researched, there was about 44 homes available mm-hmm. uh, under 250. 44 the, homes in what geographical area? Uh, Reno Sparks. Really? Yeah, very, very So you're low. talking a population of about 300, 350,000 people, right. and there's 44 homes available under the price range of? 250. Of 250. That's, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So, so the competition is really high. And what I've seen in offers is um, to, to get that edge, some people are writing personal letters, why mm-hmm. they want the house so much. Oh, so they're pleading to the emotions <laughs> of the seller. A little bit. Yeah. And um, also, too, recently I had an offer where the buyer offered a, about $5,000 over asking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it appraised for 10000 less than what they offered. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being exactly what the seller wanted Yeah, because they came in with $5,000 extra. Mm-hmm. And they had no problem, no hesitation of paying that extra, knowing that the prices are going to go up. Wow. Well, yeah, but, you know, they know they're taking some chances because – uh, you know, it could all end again, you know, and it could start going downhill as it did back in the mortgage meltdown. The crisis happened, what, 2005, 2006? Uh, so I, I know there's still some hesitation there, but the the world is so different now than it was then, in in some ways better, in some ways not so better. But it doesn't seem to be as, I don't know, I want to say risky from the people that I talk to. They don't feel like the risk is there as far as there being a huge downturn as much as as you know they they're just kind of paralyzed they're afraid of of doing deals because of the way things turned out the last time there was a big run up in prices like there are now right but i also think that has to do with liberal lending we don't have that today so no, i don't know what do you think <laughs> liberal lending on your side over there i think that um you know, the, the the programs that we had in 2005, there's a lot of them that are no longer available. So mm, the stated true. income programs, the zero down with, mm. you know, maybe a, a really low FICO score. Yeah. So it, it, it's definitely more structured and mm. we're looking at, um, at, at the risk calculation. Um, so I, I think that will have you know, that does have some effect on it. And plus, we're not to the the, the peak like we were. Right. We're st- we still have a ways to go. And mm. um, if you gauge, I think we talked about this in a, in a previous segment, too, you're gauging um, your household incomes for the area. That's still within a safe range with based on what sales prices are at right now. Mm. Whereas before when we had the crash, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that was a little scary. Yeah, they were way off, quite a bit different. We have more to talk about on Nevada Real Estate Radio with our in-studio guests. Dave Washburn is with us from Socotra Capital, John Spinola from Atlas Red Realty. We also have Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans, and Hope Lewis is with us from Keller Williams Group One after this message. This is John Graham from Keller Williams Realty Group One. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla and Nevada Real Estate Radio are a fantastic resource if you're thinking about buying or selling real estate. Peter Padilla is knowledgeable. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. You picked a good day to tune in today. We're talking about real estate and real estate for investors. Sometimes it's just one piece of knowledge that you lack to make the best decision. And you're only going to get that knowledge if you seek and if you listen to what others do and have done. Many people have made experts out of themselves by making a lot of mistakes. That would be me. And then there are those people that have become experts by listening to other experts. That would be John Spinola. 
I've made my fair <laughs> share of mistakes, too. Somebody once told me you get an education, or you pay for an education no matter where you get it. Some people yeah, do it right. at Harvard, and some people do it on the streets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference, and sometimes that streets knowledge is worth a lot more than the stuff you'll get at Harvard. Some of it's, it, it's certainly practical knowledge. We were talking about that um, last night. Uh, Dave and I went out after the, after the meeting and mm-hmm. had a very interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, the experience that you have is, is really what people are paying you for when they use your services. Is that not right, John? It's your experience that they don't have? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh-huh. I, I learn stuff from clients, too. There's, you know, there's, there's niches and stuff that, that I don't touch that uh, my clients may have much more um, knowledge in or background than I do. I mean, I know as a realtor you can do uh, transactions for primary residence, commercial property, investment deals. But we talked about this in the past that you primarily focus on investment deals. You're an investor yourself, right? Yes, I am. That, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that you can help somebody with is so many people, they're getting advice from an in-law or a cousin or a neighbor or somebody down the street who knows somebody. But when you ask them, well, how many triggers have you pulled? How much deal have you got? A lot of them haven't done any deals. Yeah, and actually it's, it's even true with realtors. The number of realtors who actually own investment property is something like 3%. Really? Um, it's it's really low. They're either really smart or they're not very smart. <laughs> well, it's. Yeah. I always figured you ought to invest in the product that you're selling, and whether it's you know, washing machines or vacuum cleaners or whatever. Yeah. If you don't believe in your product, um, it's really hard to sell it. Dave Washburn is with us as well. Dave, you're a hard money lender. I'm just curious. Do you do any investment yourself? I do, Peter. I do investing on both the lending side and I have some investments that I've owned. Yeah. And uh, just as John was mentioning, I uh, I was smart enough to get in in 2006 and paid for that education that I have now mm-hmm. uh, the hard way. Yeah. And so I've been at it for a decade now and learned quite a few valuable lessons, but uh, I believe in the product and I like it. And, and so that's why I'm in real estate. Uh, it's a critical that you believe and you have experience in what you're selling. And that, you know, by believing in it, there's an element of credibility that you take on. Rather than just being a salesperson, you're actually making an investment in the product yourself. So much so, like, I love this product so much, I buy it myself. I think there was an electric shave guy that used to do a commercial. He bought the company. That's really interesting. (laughs) When you really believe in your product, it's a lot easier to go from being a salesperson to being somebody that's helping, somebody that's just consulting and helping people along the way. Michelle Holbert is with us. Michelle is a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. So, Michelle, how about you? Investor? Not investor. Uh, I am an investor, yes. Yes. I bought my first rental property in 1997 Uh with seller financing. Oh, very nice. And um, since that time, I've purchased many more investment properties, Mm -hmm. which I think is is huge in in my business because when I have clients that are looking at investment properties, I can really dive deep with you know, the pros, the cons, you know, do you need a 15-year mortgage because you really don't care about cash flow? Do you need a 30-year mortgage because you do care about cash flow? What's your ultimate goal with the property? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's broad-based. It's not always for income. It might right. be for flipping. So that's a completely different conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm I known of people that take on a mortgage and they buy a house, not even for themselves. They're going to put their child in there. Maybe they have a college student or uh, a young uh, child that is a single parent. Right, and they're going to help them out, and it's different. the 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 motives for buying real estate are so different. You 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 really have to know so many of those scenarios in order to really be able to 
lead your buyers, guide your buyers into making the right decision. Oh, absolutely. That's where the you know, that's where the detailed conversation comes into play. Mm-hmm. It, as I've said before, this is not a one-size-fits-all business. Yes. It, absolutely not. The investment property or primary residence, but especially investment property. Mm-hmm. Investment property, it can be a lot of fun, too. For instance, I own investment property in New Mexico, and I call it investment property because it's really something I hope to turn into a big vacation property before too long. And um, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity to grow something for my investment property that's pretty much just raw land now and a couple of small buildings into something that's going to provide me income down the road, but also a great way to enjoy life. I mean, I love the outdoors. And when you own real estate, you have the option of spending the time inside the house or outside the house, right? It's your call. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Also with us today is Hope Lewis. Hope is a realtor at Keller Williams Group One. So Hope, your turn investment property yes or no yes i was very fortunate to buy um several in uh, 2011 2012 kind of at the bottom of the market Mm. um but at that time i was self-employed and didn't have the tax returns or the you know uh, income to support buying investment property as far as to get a mortgage you mean to get a mortgage yes you could probably afford to make the payments correct but you just didn't have the history right. that the institutional lenders require. And I was, again, fortunate to find a great uh, private lender uh-huh. to lend me the money for uh, those properties. And after several years, I was able to build up the the income on my tax returns and refinance them into a conventional mortgage mm-hmm. um, with a really low interest rate. And, you know, it was yeah. great. Somebody who's casually listening to the program might be thinking that it's a lot of hassle to buy real estate. I mean, you've got to know all these different things, and there's different different mechanisms and, and processes, and there's a, this quote-unquote housing shortage. Uh, all these things that you have to think about is, I wonder if it's really worth it. What is the great motivator? What What is it that you feel like that you could tell these listeners after you buy your investment property? What kind of feeling do you have? It's a great feeling of accomplishment. And the cash flow, the money that you get every every month, the uh, tax write-offs, um, it's basically my 401k. I don't have that yeah. as a company. Well, so it's, that's, it's your it's, business too, right? right it's your, right. It, they're, they're, you, you talk about minding your own business. Right. That's a great way to mind your own business, right. buy real estate, right? <laughs> Maybe that's a more of a polite way to say mind your own business. <laughs> hey, buy real estate. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great that you know your craft too from the inside and outside. The, um, the the challenge, of course, that we talked about, finding homes. Are you more working more with sellers that are looking to sell their home or buyers that are still waiting in line to find the right deal? I, I'm working with both, mm-hmm. um, but I do find that a lot of sellers are still on the fence. They don't want to sell, mm-hmm. or they're right there. They still they're not going to make enough money yeah. to pay for all the closing costs. So they're uh-huh. still they're still we're still right at. You know, people are on the fence about selling, and then buyers are still waiting in line. Yeah. You know, I have been in the business of mortgage in the past. I'm not anymore, but I remember dealing with all sorts of different people like you do in your business, real estate. And there were times when it seemed like the sellers were nicer people than the buyers as a general group. What's it like now? <laughs> which is which is the more pleasant group to work with? Buyers. Sellers or buyers? <laughs> you answered before I was even. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? There's just such a it, helping a first-time home buyer is the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Well, what about the sellers? What are, What are the sellers thinking right now? What's going through a seller's mind in general? <laughs> that they they want more than what it's worth. 
Sometimes they, they, they just think that the Tesla's coming, or the more business is coming into town and their house is worth a lot more than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just counsel them that about 80% of buyers are going to come in with financing and mm-hmm. it's going to have to have an appraisal on it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's say that you're in living in a $250,000 house today. And you, you know you want to sell your house for whatever reason, but you want to sell it. But you keep thinking, man, if I wait another six months or maybe a year, uh, it'll be worth another ten or twenty thousand um, dollars. Pretty good deal there. But what's that person going to do with that money? Are they going to move up to a larger house or move to the same house? Because if they're going to move up to a larger house, let's say priced three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, in six months, what's that house going to be worth? Is it going to be worth? 350 or even more. I mean, I just wonder if there might be more upside to a move a buyer to sell uh, their home now and then find a bigger house than there would be later. Because I know all the action is in that 250 to $300,000 range. And if somebody can sell it, they can probably get a real good price for it. Where at the higher end of the scale, maybe 350 or higher, it might not be moving so fast. You might end up getting a better net deal that way. Maybe, but there's still some competition in that those higher higher ranges too probably for that same reason people right. looking a little looking higher. to move up yeah. and and so it's still difficult moving up is a little bit difficult uh lateral is a little bit easier to find that you know same kind of house and maybe a different area um yeah. moving down is is even more difficult <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um so the John Spinola is with us. John, when it comes to investment real estate, do people think about moving up and moving down like that as well? Hey, I've got a three-unit now or a four-unit, and there's a 12-unit available down the road. This might be a good time to sell one and go the other. Or is that what people do, or they do they more like hang on to that first one and then keep rolling? I think that, that people do both. It, it kind of depends on your personality and, and what your um, threshold is for risk. Um, you start, you know, when I was doing, when I first started out, I started out with single-family homes. And, and if something went sideways, it wasn't a big deal to make payments on it. We get up into commercial, and the numbers get pretty big. And if something goes sideways for a period of time, uh-huh. um, it can it can cause some problems. But in general, I think that, that people will tend to move from single-family um, maybe to multifamily. And if they like that, they'll stay there. And if they... Um, I went from single family to multifamily to commercial to um, mobile home parks to uh, industrial. Um, I I probably would have been better off just staying on single families, you know, and do the cookie cutter stuff. Uh-huh. But after I did it for a while, I said, okay, well now I know how to do that. What's next? Yeah, you want to try something? And a little so different. I'm. It's. It's a personality flaw, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, you're human. How about that? Enjoy my conversation with my in-studio guests on Nevada Real Estate Radio, John Spinola from Atlas Red Realty, Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans, Hope Lewis from Keller Williams Group One, and Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. More on the show after this. This is Helen Graham from Keller Williams Realty Group One. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's an incredible source of bringing together multiple experts in the real estate community. And Peter is really knowledgeable. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. 
In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Your Nevada Real Estate Questions with answers from Peter Padilla. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm glad you tuned in today, too, because we have outstanding guests in the studio with me today. I have Dave Washburn with us. He's a hard money lender. John Spinola is a real estate investment counselor. Hope Lewis, she's a realtor at Keller Williams Group One. And also Michelle Holbert is with us. She's from Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, obviously the best way to buy investment property is with zero money down, right? No money out of pocket. Now, you know, I remember those late night commercials. Buy real estate, no money down, make big profits. I know that some of that is, in fact, a lot of that might be far-fetched. But in your business as an institutional lender, there are great opportunities for investors to get started. Why don't you share with our listeners what some of those things are? Yeah, actually, there's several options. Um, one of the, the first and most obvious would be is it, to buy a primary residence and live in it for, you know, an average of a year. Mm-hmm. And then you can turn it into a rental property and move on and buy something else. Well, what is the advantage for buyers when they do that instead of buying that it, property as investment? It, it, the advantage is, is it's less less money down. So okay. typically it would be anywhere from a 3 to maybe 5% down payment mm-hmm. versus the typical investment property purchase, which, which would be 20% down. There are a couple we, – we do have options now of doing 15% down with PMI on investment property. Mm-hmm. But the average the average applicant does put down 20%. Okay, but that's you know that's just one of the ways to get started. Um, buying an investment property for maybe somebody that is a little tight on their their income. Um, some of the guidelines allow you to actually use the uh, fair market rents to help a borrower qualify. So if your fair market rent is a thousand dollars, we're going to give you credit for seven hundred and fifty of that thousand dollars and help offset your payment. Mm, it's a huge factor. Good. Yeah. That's, that's really incredible. What about the loan amounts that you can get on investment property? I know that when you're talking about uh, conforming loans, I think it's like $325,000 or more or less in our area. Are there limits like that on investment property too? Um, there's no limits on investment property. Uh, Fannie Mae's loan limits for this area is 417000 for okay. a single unit. Okay. And then it goes up depending on if it's a duplex, triplex, or a fourplex. All right. So um, you can you know, you know can start to see some pretty hefty loan amounts if you're buying multiple units. Right. The maximum that we can lend on, however, is four units. So if somebody has a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex that they're thinking about purchasing, that's where they should be visiting with you absolutely and i love uh two to four unit properties i mean from i i I own several and i think from a perspective of if you do have a vacancy you know you you always have at least somebody else in there helping cover the cost or the debt service right yeah yeah it's like having a staff there on your investment property yeah bringing that money in if anybody needs to reach you what's the best way to contact you, Michelle Holbert at Caliber Home Loans. This is Michelle Holbert, mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. 
My mortgage license number is 184194. Our branch mortgage license number is 3723. Our address at Caliber Home Loans is 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, and that's Reno, Nevada, 89509. Our office telephone number is 775-284-1920. Our fax number is 855-321-7576. You can reach me on the cell phone at 775-742-3559. My email address is michelle.hulbert at caliberhomeloans.com. We are an equal housing lender. There are opportunities for primary residence buyers. Like you say, that's a great way to get started. And um, the way a lot of people get started now, too, is on the Internet. You guys have a pretty good website presence, too, as well, I imagine. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. And um, so I was looking at your site earlier today, and, and it says it's michelleholbert.com. How did you get your name as your website? That's pretty neat. <laughs> I, 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 I bought that from GoDaddy several years ago, yeah. so I just have to pay my fee every few years, and yeah. it's great, though. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Michelle I've had Holbert. the same phone yeah. number for 25 years and uh-huh. the same website address <laughs> for probably 12 well, that's awesome. That gives you a lot of credibility in our industry. Yeah. Somebody People can always find same me. Same number. Yeah. Not bad for a 25-year-old. Not bad <laughs> at, at, at that as well. <laughs> so, John Spinola, uh, you were talking with our friend Dave Washburn last night at Socotra Capital, and I saw that Dave was getting a lot of people talking to him afterwards. Dave, you were, uh, you were answering questions about the money, how you get it and how fast it is. I love when people ask you questions. I can watch as an observer. They're kind of surprised how fast you guys can move. Yeah, in today's market, when you're hearing about the tight inventory and the competitive bidding process, one of the elements you can add to the transaction to incentivize that seller to accept your offer is the speed with which you close. Yeah, That's oftentimes a motivating factor for folks. Uh, I was talking with somebody last night who was looking to buy, and the person who's selling is uh, the trustee of a trust, and they have to uh, sell those assets and uh, make all the beneficiaries happy on that trust. And so mm-hmm. speed's a big issue for them. And so we look to close and close quickly, and oftentimes that can happen in as little as seven to ten days. Well, you know, that's a great negotiating tool. Um, talking with Hope Lewis earlier, we were talking about how maybe if you offer a little more money, right, maybe you can get the deal closed if you don't hold firm. But that's, a, that's something I hadn't thought about, speed. Hope, what is the what is the idea on that? Do you think some sellers would look at that as a as a, a, a deciding factor on taking somebody's deals? At the fact that they can close it in what maybe a week? Absolutely, <laughs> um, they might even take less. <laughs> yeah. um, only because it's you know some people uh, some sellers' motivations are different, and time is huge mm. because a conventional loan is thirty to forty five days, and so you have to wait. Um, if you don't have to wait, and it's they may take a little bit less if it's a because essentially I feel that private lending is like a cash offer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you can close so quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. I know one person asked you, Dave, if this can be done on primary residence or is it strictly for investment property? Let our listeners know. Yeah, so that's the one area of the market that we don't uh, dive into. So if somebody's purchasing a owner-occupied primary residence, uh, private money will not be the answer for them. So mm-hmm. we're really looking to service the investors out there who are looking to purchase those properties. Yeah, and from everything I know about you and your company at Socotra Capital, that's one of the only limitations that I can think of that would severely impact 
anybody looking to buy property because the same house that we're talking about, if it was being purchased as investment, you could do the deal. But if it's being purchased to live in, can't do the deal. But it's not just houses. I mean, what other types of investments can you do hard money loans on, like raw land, for instance? Yeah, we're working on a few uh, development deals where people are taking paper lots to final lots. Mm. Uh, We've worked with local churches that are looking to expand uh, nonprofit organizations, some of the mobile home parks, and uh, the different types of uh, collateral that John mentioned working in earlier, industrial buildings, commercial buildings, office space, anything with an APN number, mm-hmm. uh, we can write a loan on as long as it's non-owner occupied. Yeah, that's really interesting. Hard money is uh, not as hard as a lot of people think. It's it's funny how it got that name. I think it's because, well, I don't know why. John Spinola, do you know why it's called hard money? Absolutely. If you're on the paying end, it's <laughs> hard to make those payments. <laughs> well, how about that? I think but, it's. Yeah, I think if you are having a hard time finding the money elsewhere, oh, it's a it's a super tool. It's a yeah. super tool. But that's mm-hmm. why it's called hard money. It's it's somewhat pricey, but if you're if you if it gets the deal done, mm-hmm. it's really a small price in the scope of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, in in most deals, because yeah. it's usually short term, and whether you pay, you know, eight percent or ten percent or eighteen percent, if you only have it for six months, it's not a big difference. Yeah, or you, you could you get know. use a hard money loan to pull the trigger fast, then get it refinanced with a. Uh, institutional lender and you know you could end up using the hard money just to give you that speed factor that you need and would that be okay with you guys uh, david as far as doing a loan with you and then quickly paying it off is there a is there a hit on that is there a cost we oftentimes put together loans with no minimum interest Mm -hmm. and the design of the loan is to close quickly and as hope said hopefully capture that uh, reduction in the purchase price yeah and then we're going to look to write a term that allows the owner to season that property so that they could then go to somebody like Michelle and do a refinance. Uh-huh. And so we know our place in the market. And what we're looking to do is put together that loan that gets you from point A, mm-hmm. where you need to purchase that property, to point B, where you're on that long-term financing that you really want in today's low interest rate market. Mm-hmm. One question I have for you, Dave, is you know, back when we as institutional letters, lenders had access to hard money, it was typically for the borrower who was a poor credit risk. So low FICO scores, um, you know, just really didn't have a stellar credit history. So most of the hard money lenders I talk to now, they're looking at more of a diversified property or maybe people that have had one credit event, like perhaps one bankruptcy or a short sale. But how do you look at people that are maybe habitual in paying their bills late? I mean, do you want that person? So we're an equity-based lender, and if somebody is a, a habitual late payer or has, uh, has um, negative marks on their credit, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at the property itself, and we might reduce the loan to value. There might be a premium on the rate that they're going to pay, but uh, we're going to look for a solution and figure out a way to make that loan to them, especially if we know that, uh, for instance, they want to go with a conventional lender, and so then we might write a little longer term so that they have that chance to repair their credit, uh, get back on track, and then um, you know purchase the property. Okay, great. And I'm sure that there's a factor of how much money they put down, and like you say, it's going to be adjusted based upon the elements of risk that you see there. But it, it's you really do look at the, the loans on the hard money loan side, Dave. I know 
uh, with as much of a fine-tooth comb as an as a, uh, investment or, or institutional lender, right? That's right. And we draw all of our own loan docs. We service all of our own loans, and we keep them portfolioed in-house. Yeah. So I'm intimately involved with anything that does go wrong, and it's something that we look to avoid at all costs. The big protection that people get when they buy a home with a bank and they have a mortgage is that it, everything is done at an escrow and title company so that there's a disinterested third party that's managing everything to make sure everything is you know, above board, legal, nice, clean, and tight. Do you guys do the same on hard money loans? Yeah, that was my first call this morning. Uh, before 8.30 a.m., I was on the horn with the title officer mm-hmm. making sure that we could get that policy, that escrow was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We go through it just like a bank does as far as uh, the loans, the insurance, and uh, using the escrow companies. Mm, that's awesome. That gives a lot of security to the consumer if they're borrowing hard money. It's not like they're borrowing from some, some guy coming out of an alley. It's actually a company. <laughs> you guys are even have to be licensed, right? Correct. Yeah, we're licensed here in uh, California and Nevada, uh-huh. and uh, we have to do our continuing education and follow all the same uh, rules and regulations just like conventional lenders. Yeah, I know a lot of people like to get started on the Internet. What's the best website for people to visit to learn more about Socotra Capital? This is David Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments with Socotra Capital Nevada. My Nevada agent's license is number 51269. My NMLS license number is 331429. Socotra Capital Nevada's MLD number is 4075. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. Our office telephone number is 775-420-4990. My email address is Dave, D-A-V-E, at SocotraCapital.com. Socotra Capital does hard money loans in California and Nevada. Socotra Capital's company NMLS ID is 1142425. Socotra Capital Nevada, Inc. We are Nevada's hard money lender. SocotraCapitalNevada.com. All right, nice and easy. We'll put that on our website. We'll have more on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this. This is Pete Nevin from Far West Real Estate, farwestrealestate.com. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is a radio announcer that's easy to talk to and is able to extract information out of people maybe others can't. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla. With me in the studio today, I've got guests talking about real estate for investors. Dave Washburn is with us, and he's with Socotra Capital. John Spinola is with us. He's with Atlas Red Realty. Michelle Holbert is with us. She is with Caliber Home Loans. And Hope Lewis is with us. Hope is with Keller Williams Group One. We talked about hard money. We've talked about institutional money. You're you're dealing with people looking to buy and sell homes all the time. Overall, what are some of the biggest challenges that people have 
nowadays when they're looking to buy homes? What is the what is the issue? Down payment. Down payment. I guess you can't do much if you don't have any cash in your pocket. Right. I just think in general, people are. Um, it's hard to save. Hard to save. <laughs> hard to save. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people don't even think about saving until they need that big chunk of money. Um, it is hard to save. Why is that? Impulse people are impulsive. Watch a lot of TV. All those billboards. I guess I. I don't know. I. I find it's hard for myself, even with all of my education. And yeah. I've had a great mentor who is an amazing saver mm-hmm. and investor. And I still seem money still seems to just fly out of my hands. So. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> um, one of the things that I've I've learned that's helped me is I have an automatic deposit into a savings account for my monthly operating account. And I made it to the point where it's big enough to where it's, it's, it has an impact, but not so big that I really feel it. And, and I have the money sent to a different institution. A little harder to get a hold of that way. Um, I think we almost have to hide it from ourselves sometimes in order to save money. What do you think of that make, idea? Make it a regular payment. Yeah, like make, I, like, I hide money regularly. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. a great I, idea. Not from the government, though, if you're listening. <laughs> I, I do report it all. Yes. What about you, John Spinola? Any ideas for people helping them saving money to be able to have some capacity down the road? Um, you know, it's it's a different cl- – I'm with the, uh, the baby boomer group. Yeah. So – we had, uh, or I had parents who went through the Depression. Yeah. And saving was just beat into us from the time I was a mm-hmm. kid. We we had to put it, put it away. So mm-hmm. it's um, pretty natural for me. I think it's, I have a, uh, a daughter who's really good at it, and mm-hmm. I've got a son who never saw anything he didn't like. You know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. So I, I don't know, it's not genetic, I don't think. Really? But, <laughs> But I, it's, uh, I find that married people save more money than single people. Wonder why? Actually, I don't know that that's true. And in, in most of the in most of the marriages that I've seen, there's there's usually one saver and one spender, yeah. and it seems to be a, a conflict. Uh-huh. Um, so, however you resolve that conflict, I guess is determines whether you've got a a saver or a or a spender, whether you got anything in the bank or not. Yeah, Michelle, what do you think? You do a lot of people. When you're looking at their applications, um, is that a challenge for a lot of your borrowers? Oh, absolutely. Having the money. Yeah, absolutely it is. You know, no interest rate on a mortgage is going to change the amount of money a person saves. No. And and as prices of homes go up and down, it doesn't really change the amount of money people save, does it? I mean, that's something that can only change in your head. Oh, exactly. You you just, you really have to put it back on the shelf. Mm -hmm. If you're saving to buy a house, you have to be very cognizant of what you're spending your money on. Now, there are other options, though. There's, um, for somebody buying owner, you know, a primary residence, there are several bond programs available for those who qualify. Uh You have to meet certain income guidelines, certain sales price guidelines, um, certain credit score guidelines, but that can help bridge the gap for somebody that might be a little short on funds to close. Um, but that's on a primary residence. That is on a only. primary residence mm-hmm. yeah. only. Yeah. Um, same with a 401k loan. You know, some people are really, really good about saving money in their 401k, but really lousy at saving it outside of it. Uh-huh. That can be used for a primary residence purchase as well, uh-huh. um, a loan or a withdrawal in most cases. But for buying investment property, um, you got to have some cash. you got to have some cash. And, and, and gifts are not allowed on 
um, primary or excuse me on investment property purchases. You right. have that has to be your own own funds. Mm-hmm. So, but even though if you could get a gift though, and you had enough to put down, that's where somebody like David and the hard money lending maybe could help because sure. he's not quite as concerned as to that money coming from a gift. Uh, he's more concerned about the property. He's more concerned about the property and the equity position. So absolutely, yeah. that would be uh, yeah. an option. So saving money, any ideas, would you, any suggestions you would give people that just need to get into saving money? Any tips that you have to, for people or guides like I, like, you know? You know, it, it has to absolutely be a habit. And mm-hmm. there are certain things that, you know, I mean, I, I'm not a big spender when it comes to, if you look, I look at I see people's bank statements every yeah. day, uh-huh. so I see what people spend their money on, mm-hmm. and you can really start adding up, you know, that Starbucks or that lunch every day. Yeah. And um, I used to joke with some of my staff that, you know, as they went to Starbucks every day and out to lunch every day, it's like if you realize how much money you spend, it's probably in the neighborhood of about twenty two hundred dollars a year, mm. just in that daily fix, mm-hmm. you know, pack your lunch and drink the coffee at the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll, that'll get you, you know, a little bit closer to your goal. But okay. um, I'm a big fan of the auto deductions out of your paycheck. Yeah. I think that, you know, you put it away where you can't see it. Mm-hmm. seems to grow a lot faster. Yep. Automatic transfer, automatic deposit. That's the way to do it. That's the way I recommend people get started. And then if you want to be more active and consciously move more money around toward your savings, you can certainly do that. But even if you forget... That automatic transfer is always going to be there. That's oh, a yeah. good, good idea. Yeah, that's. I think that's that, that's that's one of the key factors, in my opinion. So, John Spinola, you come in every week too with uh, information and updates for our people that are looking to get investment. Any tips that you might have for our listeners today? Boy, uh, actually, attend our meeting if you're in the in our local area, um, the Reno Real Estate Group. That's a, a great place if you're in Reno. I'm sure uh, Las Vegas, and I don't recall the name, but they have a similar group in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to you get an education. You meet people. Um, you network with people afterwards after mm-hmm. the meeting. Um, it's uh, it's a it's a great way to uh, to get involved. And mm-hmm. we've got people there from uh, very seasoned people to people who started yesterday so mm-hmm. there's it's, it's not an exclusive group it's an inclusive group yeah so uh, tip number one save money tip number two talk to people that know what they're doing and talking about you're a good person to get a hold of john spinola at atlas red realty but you don't spend a lot of time in the office you're out and about looking at homes and doing deals aren't you i i do i'm out and i work mostly out of my house it's more convenient mm-hmm. and uh, so but yeah, we're always always looking. Give us your best contact info. 775-815-3000 is my cell phone. Well, all right, awesome. Well, we'll put your information on our website so people can find you there too. Thank you. Hope Lewis is with us as well. Hope, and you have any tips for our listeners about how they might save money? Just make it a payment. Same way? So, yeah, just it, make it like it's like you have to make that payment mm-hmm. or it's going to be a ding on your credit if you can have that mental mindset. And it's what I've done in one of my business accounts. Uh It's just a payment that I make. Um, It's it's hard for me because you always want to tap into it, but just make it a payment. I was talking with my financial advisor earlier this week, and she said to me, you should have six months' worth of living expenses available in cash. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, you got your house payment, your car payments, your insurance payments, groceries, utilities. Think about everything you pay every month and what it would be like to have six months of that available in cash. I, I know a very small percentage of America has that, but it really does make sense to have a little bit of security in there. Having a six-month security has got to change the way that you are able to make decisions, I would think. Uh, even if it's, you know, like if you're just trying to decide whether to buy a piece of investment real estate or not to buy it, if you looked at your assets and your reserves and say, you know what, I have six months worth of living expenses on the side, it probably gives you, it kind of gives you a feeling of empowerment to have that kind of money behind you. Absolutely. It's why I made the decision to sell one of my rental properties. Mm -hmm. So I had that cushion and I didn't have to worry because things can go south so fast. Yeah. What parts of northern Nevada or Nevada in general, Hope, do you think have the most advantage from your perspective? Are you particularly uh, attracted to uh, Sparks, Reno? I mean, any, any particular area that you think has the best values? Sparks seems to be typically just a little bit less than Reno. I don't know why. You mean in, in price? You mean in, in price? purchase price? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's still really close to everything. It's mm -hmm. a great rental market, I believe. Yeah, I think a lot of hipsters live in Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, talking about saving money. Most of the of the investment books that I've read mm -hmm. say pay yourself first. Yeah. So when you're writing your bills at the end of the month, write yourself a check. Yeah. rather than at the end when you don't have any money left. And you yeah. find a way to do that. Well, you know, it's about caring for yourself first, too. A lot of a lot of us, I mean, we think about our children, our spouses, our family, and, you know, we're so busy taking care of other people, we forget to take care of ourselves. And it could be physically as well. You know, a lot of people that, that are, are never care about themselves, they have poor financial habits, but they have poor uh, health care habits, you know, exercise habits and so forth. So maybe... It's about caring more for ourselves, John, that um, that we're able to do this. And saving money is a, a great example of caring for yourself because it's for your own security. I think you're absolutely right, Peter. And I'm I'm uh, while you're doing exercise and stuff, I'm not uh, sure that a death ride is is actually a positive <laughs> thing. I <didn't laughs> well, it's not just for any money; it's hard money. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of self-help books out there about how to improve your life, how to be a better person. You know, maybe this should be very simple. Improve your life. Save money. Yeah, you know, Peter, the one thing that I would add to the saving money conversation is to borrow from Stephen Covey. Start with the end in mind. It's very important to have a goal. So it's great to pay yourself. It's good to cut back on Starbucks and, and little expenses and things where you're wasting money. But the thing that I find when talking with my generation, the 30-year-old folks out there who are trying to get into real estate, they don't really have a feeling for what they're doing. It's sort of just a, a, a something their parents told them, hey, mm -hmm. buy a house. And it's really difficult for them to buckle down and say, I want to buy this house, and the goal then is X number of dollars, which means I'm going to save this many, and over so many months I'll get there. And so I think that's really an important thing that, that folks that are listening can do, whether it's your primary residence you're looking to buy or another investment property. Have it as a goal. Write it down. Know how much you're trying to save and how you're going to get there. Pencil on paper. I mean, that is a key for a lot of success is actually just writing down what you want and your goals. That's great information and advice for our listeners. Dave, hope you had a good time to be on the show today. It was a great time. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. And we'll see you back again soon. John Spinola, hope you had well, a good time in the radio program yourself. Always have a great time. And uh, our guest here, a great addition. All right. 
And Hope Lewis, this is uh, your first time on the show. Any final thoughts for our listeners? If you're sitting on the fence about selling your property, I feel that this season is going to be really one of the best. Mm-hmm. So to get that most for your your, your money, make, sell make your, your home. Now, huh? mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. What do you think, Michelle? Any final thoughts for our listeners? I can't stress the pre-approval process enough. Um, it's no fun playing under the gun when <laughs> yeah. somebody hasn't done their homework up front and right. taking care of business. So I can't. I can't encourage that enough. <laughs> no, that's great. Good advice. And my advice is save money and improve yourself. Why not? There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning into our show today, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to tell your friends. Same time, same station next week right here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com.